Welcome back, welcome back, influencers on the run. I hope you are doing marvelous and fantastic. Today's guest is Kaylee Golden, an award-winning radio presenter and DJ. She is a four-time winner of the Student Radio Association, four-time winner. She's been previously on BBC One Radio, Big Ting. Okay, and today we break down creating content during the pandemic, representation in radio, what goes on behind the scenes in radio, plus size women, and just so much more. And it's good for you to be here. So let's dive right into it. Welcome, guys. Hope you guys are doing fantastic. Welcome to another episode of Influences on the Run. And today we are with an influencer of, of unique uniqueness with, not with a lot to, um, a lot of credentials that I would say under her name and under her belt and more to go. Uh, Kay Lee Golding, am I saying that correctly? Yeah, yeah, Kay Lee Golding, that's my name. <laughs> uh, award-winning presenter and DJ, SRA four-time winner. Okay, and she's also interviewed a lot of the UK's finest from Crepton Conan, you know, to a lot more people as well. Okay, how are you doing today? I'm really, really well, thank you. How are you? I'm fantastic. It's been a long day, been up since 4 a.m., but we're here to get it. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yes. I know everybody can't see me, but I'm currently sweating because I'm, I'm in a hot country. So I turn the AC <laughs> off so we get that good sound quality. So nobody thinks so freaking out. So tell me, <laughs> tell me about you before we go in a little bit deeper. Give everybody, you know, just a little bit taste of who you are. Yeah, so as you mentioned, I'm a radio presenter and a DJ from here in the UK, um, originally from a smaller city than London called Birmingham. Um, and that's why you'll often see that I go by the slogan, Girl from Brum. And that's just about celebrating who I am and where I come from. Um, now there are a lot of broadcasting out of London, obviously it's the UK's capital, so there's a lot going on here, so that's where I currently live. And yeah, just constantly putting out content and connecting with people, that's the main main aim of everything that I do, so. Birmingham makes some noise, you know what I'm saying? I miss Birmingham. I used to be out there as well, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, miss, I miss Birmingham. All right, so the first question I want to ask you, okay, is... What are some of the dark sides that people aren't aware of in your profession? Um, well, if you see on my Instagram, I recently put out lots of information about diversity in radio. So a lot of my industry is radio. And when I say like the stats and statistics, so it's a whole movement called the Radio Silence Movement. And it looked into the statistics of how many ethnic minorities are on air and behind the scenes in the radio industry. The numbers were really, really shocking and very, very upsetting as well to know there's such a lack of diversity in radio. So I would say that the biggest, darkest thing is the lack of diversity because um, there's so many other things that come with that like representation and people just feeling like their work's a safe environment um so that's something that i would say is the is the darkest part mm. and what would you say the second darkest part is for being a radio personality um to be honest I, 
I don't actually like it's gonna sound really annoying but there's not really anything I haven't come across anything dark um or horrible I think for me I just really enjoy what I do like I live breathe sleep breathe <laughs> I love breathe sleep it everything's what I do so it's kind of if I didn't enjoy it and I didn't generally love it I wouldn't be able to put that much time and effort into it Got you. And what brought you into the radio space? I mean, I saw a picture of your Instagram. Everybody should go check out her Instagram right now, Kaylee Golden. And um, I saw in there that you know, it was like an old picture, you know, almost like from, from the 80s where you got like, you know, some, a box, you got like two microphones and some old headphones, you know. So tell us about your upbringing in the radio world. So um, I started radio when I was 14 years old um, at a festival station called Base FM. Now, a festival station, they only have like a 30-day licence. So I uh, got to present one show and produce another show. And it was really, really cool. Like, and that's where I realised that I really, really love radio and I really enjoyed it. And at that age, of course, I was still in school. But all I wanted to do was literally just study media and learn more about media. So I just, since then, it's just been so much like volunteering, volunteering. Why can't I speak today? Sorry, guys, I am a radio presenter. You can't um, speak and I'm sweaty, you know what I'm saying? It's okay. <laughs> it's just been a lot of volunteering and um, networking and just getting as much experience as I can. Um, as I said, it's been such a long but amazing journey and I'm so, so excited for whatever's to come as well. So... So let's break it down before, because I know, because BBC One is, that's, that, that's the big, that's the big leagues, okay? Yeah. For those who are, you know I'm saying, not from the United Kingdom, you know, BBC One is almost, almost the main radio station in a sense, right? It's the main yeah. one. Yeah. So like, I'll say before that, okay? And talk about like your, your startup days, like what, you know, what environment were you in? And from that environment, who did you know that helped you move along? to each stage of radio and what did each stage of radio teach you for the next level? Okay, so as I mentioned, it started with Base FM. So from there, what I got from that was was kind of like the love and the knowing at that point that that's what I wanted to do. And then from then, as I said, it was just like studying, doing media in school. And then I went on to college. And then in that point, I did a program called the Music Potential Program. And that was run by Capital Extra. And they're a big brand here in the UK as well. Um, and then that was kind of networking and getting to know people in the industry. Networking is a massive, massive part of getting into the media industry because of, it's not always what you know, it's who you know. And it's also having a good reputation so when i'm saying like networking i don't mean go and like flirt with loads of people make best friends with everyone but actually speak and ask people questions like learn from them like, that's the most important thing pick people's brains understand how they got there and what they done um so i've done that and then off the back of that i got some work experience at capital fm in birmingham and there's not many stations in Birmingham. So as I say, it's a smaller city compared to London. So to be able to be in the station at a young age then, I was only like 16, was massive for me because I got to learn how to research, how the social media works, how to run a desk. So I was a lot more advanced than other people my age at that point. And it's not always about age, but I think 
when you're younger, it's always best to know what you want to do and not necessarily everyone does. So if you're able to try out different things, then it puts you in a better position. So I could have went and done that work experience and thought, oh my gosh, I absolutely hate radio. And at least I've kicked it off and I've then gone to try some new cows. But luckily for me, I thought, no, I really enjoy it. Um, so I just kept at it. And then I studied media in, at college level as well. So then... The, there's always like a student station and I ended up being a station manager which is really really cool because of I got to learn different aspects of radio rather than just presenting I got to learn how to how the music programming works how the scheduling works all the behind the scenes bit I generally think like the best presenters know how the behind the scenes stuff works as well because then you don't have to be dependent on anyone and during this pandemic you've kind of seen who's able to put out their own content who's still mm-hmm. being able to make content from home on their own and get it out there and so that's just been like a really valuable lesson to me because as I said, I know how to record myself, I know how to edit, I know how to film videos, I know how to write interview questions, conduct the interview, I can do it all myself. So I definitely recommend for people to learn every single aspect. Then I went off to university, um, which is the point that I moved to London, got a scholarship here. Um, also a big thing, do the education part if you can because of it, it's just good, it's nice, it's a nice way to put your time into your education. So I've got a degree in radio now and I managed to get a scholarship in it as well. So, which was absolutely incredible. And again, it was doing student radio at, at the um, university that let me try different things and let me experiment and develop myself into a presenter. Cause I was always like production, 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 but I didn't really allow myself to feel confident within myself as a presenter. So it was really student radio that I thought, oh, I could actually be a presenter. Let me try this out because let's be honest, student radio station, no one's really listening but the students. So <laughs> you can do whatever you want really. So I did that and then I managed to pick up like four different awards with the Student Radio Association and they basically judged the radio stations across the whole of the UK. So that for me was just so, so huge. And then off the back of that, that's how I managed to get the opportunity to present on Radio One. Got you, got you. Now you said a lot there and I loved yeah. everything you said, you know, cause that's kind of what where this show is about. Now let us go with the behind the scenes of being in radio and let's go into depth. Okay. Yeah. You're talking to the world now and we all as, I think as consumers and people, you know, they may not understand the power of radio like directly, you know? So let's go behind the scenes and let's start with the basic behind the scenes and move into an advance from your perspective, of course. Okay, so what do you mean, what goes into conducting the radio show? Yeah, like you said, like, you know, there is a behind the scenes of the music programming, you know, like, talk to me as if I'm your student, you know what I'm saying, but okay. make it, but, but, but make it wild, you know what I'm saying, give us the stories, you know, break it down for us. Okay, so music programming, we'll start with that. A lot of people are under the impression that if you're on a daytime radio show, that you select all the songs yourself. That's not the case by here in the UK anyway. There'll be a music programmer that kind of, imagine like a ghostwriter, like they're a ghost DJ. They select all the music. They choose what what's best for the listener. And a lot of research goes into that. So they'll not go out and say, what songs do you know? What songs are you listening to? And that's how a whole playlist is conducted. So if you're a musician, get involved with music programmers because they're the ones that really select what's on the radio. They know what's going to be played. Obviously, on the evening slots where you might have a big DJ, so for instance, like DJ Charlie Sloth, 
he's a massive DJ in the UK. He'll select his own music because he is a DJ, so he'll have an evening stop. Um, so that's what music programming is. And then you have the producer. They conduct everything that goes on in an actual radio show. So everything's planned out. So even in an interview, let's look at, yeah, we have someone in for a guest. We'll literally go through the process of researching everything, going through their Instagram, going through their past interviews online, going through news sources, going through, like, listening to all of their music, picking apart the lyrics. It's researching what can we ask about, what's a little bit different to what they've already come on. Because let's say if someone had an interview with, Beyonce, a lot of things have already been asked, or Drake even, because Drake's everywhere. Majority of things have already been asked to Drake, so what are you going to do in your interview to make it that one little bit special? What extra bit of information do you want to get out of that interview? Because asking the same things like, how did you get into music? What was your journey like? So many people have already asked Drake that. We all know his story. We know how he got there. So it's now what else can we ask? Um, so production is a big part of planning content. And then you might have someone on the social media team that will create a piece of content for you. So say you're doing a link in between songs and the video, like the cameras are rolling, then they might make a package out and put that online to try to get more exposure after the show. So there's so many like different roles within radio, but the radio presenter is kind of just at the front of it all, but so much goes on behind the scenes. And you're only really gonna get all of them roles if you are on a big platform, if you go more down to like the student radio level or hospital radio or community radio, you might have one person doing that whole thing. So like when I'm on a community radio station, I produce a whole show on my own, I present the show on my own, you do it all yourself. But as you go to places that have bigger budgets, all these different roles then come into place. Got you, got you. That sounds fantastic. Uh, let's go to the social media side, okay? But let's go. Let's go social media and how has so, how has your own social media accounts and social media helped your career? Um, I would say it's helped my career because it's a platform. I'm able to put content out there. So when I do an interview, it's no longer just okay. It lives on the radio and that's it. I'll then have the footage and it will go onto my Instagram account. Um, I've kind of learned now. It's really interesting that that Instagram is now like not a separate career but there's a lot of things that I do just solely on Instagram that's not on radio so there might be interviews that won't even go on air it would just go on Instagram so I might have artists come to me and say can I have an Instagram live interview or even like working with fashion brands like them sending me clothes so like a machine ambassador they send me clothes all the time to to model and do all that kind of thing so it's like it's now become like two separate things, but they can also interlink when they need to. So like, as I said, like I might put an interview from radio on, on Instagram, but it's great to know that I have enough following to say, oh, actually I don't want this on the radio. It can just work just on Instagram. So it's nice to have that flexibility. Got you. So since we're still on that side, okay, um, how, how many years have you been using? I mean, what is your favorite social media platforms, your top three that you like to use? Okay, so first of all, I'd say Instagram. Absolutely love Instagram. Um, second, I would say Facebook, um, and that's more of a family account. Like, I don't really, like, I don't really have loads of randomers on there. The most random it will get is like someone that I met on holiday, and they might have added me on Facebook after. But like, they're not complete strangers on there. Like, I've met them at some point in my life somewhere. Um, so I do, I really love that 
family aspect of it because I can go on and the Instagram it's kind of not all make-believe but it's a lot of it's random people so it's like I care about your lives but when I really want to go on and and look at people that I really really love and I care about I can go on to my Facebook and connect and see my family see what they're doing um so I like that aspect of it and recently I've really been enjoying Twitter as well um I weren't really one for Twitter I had an account but I weren't active on there but now <laughs> Twitter is absolutely hilarious like there's so many funny things on Twitter so I've really been enjoying that lately. So they're my top three in that order. Got you. So let's talk about, you know, because you said on social media, companies have reached out to you. They send you products. You know, you do these different things. Let's talk about that, that aspect of it, okay? And that side, he says a whole different entity. And so let's go more in depth in that and how it, and how it is a, a different entity and how have you, you know, developed in that area on Instagram? So that's kind of just happened authentically. Like, you become an influencer without even realising. Like, I wouldn't even class myself as an influencer, but then other people would because of what I do is influence people by talking about the things that I do. Um, so I would often go on and talk about being a plus-size girl and talk about body positivity and being happy. And I'd, and I'd generally just take pictures in clothes that I want to wear. Like, I'd take pictures when I'm going on a night out or if I'm in, I think, oh, this is quite cute. I'm going to take a picture in it. And then it's slowly becoming... I would tag brands for the fact that people generally ask me, where did you get this from? Like, oh, I love that. Where did it... How's the sizing? They're the sort of questions that I always get asked because I get asked quite a lot by also bigger girls as well. So I'd be like, oh, what's the sizing like? Like, is it actually good? Does it... Because obviously when you have chubby legs, your legs might rub and the jeans might break. So they'll be like, oh, what's the quality of the jean? Will it... Is it suitable for us? Did it stop chafing? So these are the sort of questions that I'll get asked. So I thought, do you know what, let me tag the brand so people can just skip that stage of having all these conversations and just see what I'm buying. And if they like it, they can buy it too. I'm not making any money from it, but I'm just going to do it anyway for the people that follow me. And then eventually I started to have brands like Sheen hit me up and send me and send me clothes. And what I love as well is it's not, although you can get a size 16 UK size, you can get that on the normal Sheen, but I get sent Sheen Plus which is mainly for plus-size women. So it starts at, like, size 14 up to, like, size 26 or something like that. And and I really like that because uh, it kind of shows people, okay, the, this is a market and clothes are especially, especially designed for bigger ladies. Um, so, yeah, it's wicked. I really enjoy it. I'd love to take this time to thank our sponsors, Animals of Paradise. Their slogan is, made by the journey. Premium apparel and customized designer. You can find their premium apparel at teespring.com slash store slash AOP. That is G.com slash S T O R E S slash A O P. Animals of Paradise. Founded in the United States, but born globally. Thank you again for sponsoring us. Now let's get back to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, one, two, three, we are back 
here at the show. And ladies and gentlemen, while we're back, people, I want you guys to take a few minutes and please go to Kaylee Golden, K-A-Y-L-E-E-G-O-L-D-I-N-G on Instagram and check her out. Look at her amazing content. And every Wednesday at 9 p.m., her show is on. So check it out. The link and everything is in there. All right, back to you. Okay, so I have some questions about uh, the recent, so I have some reports here, okay, and some uh, social media studies and different things. But before we go into that, I want to ask you about, uh, I'm, I'm going to say something. I want you to say whatever comes to mind. Okay. The Instagram algorithm. Oh, stress. That's it. That's it. <laughs> so like, ah, oh, just stress. That's it. Okay. You know what? You know what it is. I think I've kind of got to a point with posting that I'm gonna post what I want, despite how many people view it or like it. Um, because the algorithm is literally, from what I gather. So I haven't done a lot of research into it, but from what I gather is that if people see it already and start liking it then you will come up more. But let's say if you have ghost followers or whatever, then not that many people will see it and it will just kind of go to waste. And I'm not going to lie, like my, my likes, I have like over 17K thousand and some likes don't even hit a thousand. Do you know what I mean? So whereas before, it, like even look at my older pictures, every single one would at least get a minimum a thousand. Do you know what I mean? But it's kind of like the algorithm is what it is and you can't, you can't get hooked on it. Like otherwise you'll be doing things for likes and you have to think is likes really that deep unless instagram is like your sole income and that's all you do then i'd understand because it's like okay it's actually messing up your money but for me like i it's annoying it's stressful but it don't keep me awake at night <laughs> got you got you actually i just, I just remember something so let's, let's let's take a quick step back okay so for people who don't know how i found miss kaling um i've been doing a remote job as an influencer recruiter and you know you were talking about big size you know big size and how people were, were coming to you that's how i found you as well from that tag big size yeah. and i reached out to you so let's talk about you know this whole big size because like I'm I'm so, I'm from the south, and so of course we love big women. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But the world didn't always love big women. And recently, there has been like I don't want to say a bandwagon, not even a trend, but like a wave of more love for big women in the industry. Yeah. And where do you think this comes from? And what are your thoughts on that? Um, I completely agree with you. I think that it's been rappers rapping about it. So like I remember that line, Drake. I like my girls, BBW, and everyone was like, oh my God, yeah, we need a bigger girl. And and even just more, it's like as representation gets portrayed more in the media, people naturally kind of love it more. So I think originally people would say, oh, let's put a bigger girl in your video. Let's put a bigger girl on the TV. Let's put a bigger girl in a magazine because of representation and because they were so underrepresented. So because of that, obviously people are like, oh my God, yeah, it's a trend. We need to jump on it. But I think what I found is that sometimes this idea of a bigger girl, it's like, okay, but they'll still have no belly. Like, it'd be a fit girl that's got nice big thighs, a nice big bum, big boobs, but, like, no belly, no overhand there, like, no, no, food. I think the actual way is called a fupa, where you've got a bigger stomach, and that would be that, oh, okay, that's what a bigger girl is. When all of our bodies look completely different, like, mm. even... 
I'm a size 16, another girl's a size 16. We, our bodies naked would look completely different and that's fine. So and sometimes it's a bit irritating. It's the same way like you might have a plus size model. It's a size 12, like a size 12, that's not even plus size on you. If you think that's plus size, like, wow. Because I'm, I'm on the, I would say, just over lower end of what actual plus size is. So it's meant to be like size 14 of I'm a size 16. So it's kind of like I'm only one in off the lower size of it. But then you'll have someone that's really, really small. And they'll be like, yeah, that's a plus size. And I think, how do you think that makes me feel? Like, that don't make me feel good. Like, that's not fair. So it's kind of like, yeah, it is a trend. But I wish that people would portray it a little bit better. Do you know what I mean? Got you. Of course, of course. I mean, like, like you said too. Like, I mean, I saw it mostly from your tags. You know, what I'm saying. Like, I mean, like when I was searching, that's how I came upon you. And I think, like now, more than ever, we are seeing. I think also perhaps maybe at this. I think maybe social media has brought it out more and maybe there's always been a just like a underground love for big women you know what i'm saying at the same time we st- like big women still have had issues of you know finding clothes before you know what i'm saying uh, like you said re- representation and then now we have brands seeing i think also brands see more money now and so when brands see more money they're like oh um, please, please come through. We need you quickly, quick photo shoot. We need to make some stuff like that for you. So I think it's that as well. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's so true, like what you mentioned, even, this is what irritates me though, like even as you said, like sizes and getting shopping. Me, when I go out, so there's a shop called, have you ever heard of Primark? You live here. Of course, I, man. Yeah, yeah. I love Primark. I miss my Primark <laughs> days. So like Primark's probably one of the only shops that I can just go to and like out on the high street and i'll find something that fits me like but then you'll have brands that will have plus size clothes online but if you go into the shops they'll literally have like a size 14 max like that's the furthest they go so i literally everything's online shopping for me and what's more irritating as well is like when you are bigger you have to try clothes on because the things fit you differently if you're slimmer obviously you'll have things that you will like and what you don't like but things uh, you find it easier to find things that fit you and fit your figure because of it's easier but when you're big it's like you actually you do need to try things on so my life half of my life is literally ordering things trying it on going oh my god that's not flattering at all i need to send it back and oh it's such a headache and you have the same brands like on the tv advertising how they've got they go up to this side mm-hmm. but if it's not in your mm-hmm. shop and it's only online what is the point like that's not really fair on us Got you. And another question. Okay, let's talk about it. Because what is the right word to 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 say? Should, should it say plus size? You know, what is the? Do you think is the correct word in that representation? Because, like, for me as an influencer recruiter, you know, what I'm saying as a side hustle. Yeah. Um, and, and shout out Primark, by the way. Shout out Primark. Big ups Primark. You know, what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, what is the correct terminology? Do you think for big women and what should be you know and and in terms of representation as well do you know what like i think plus size is fine but i understand that people might people might be offended not offended but people there could be a better word because obviously you're saying that um i'm extra because i'm bigger but um but i just use the term plus size um or bigger like not yeah i was like oh as a bigger lady or on plus size 
but anything has but to be honest though like i seen a very interesting quote the other day and it was basically like that who was the person that decided to make the term fat an insult mm. like why why is it an insult to be in quotation marks fat like why is that an insult it shouldn't be an insult that that we are big do you know what i mean so it's also yeah. it's also i feel like we need to just deconstruct them them words that are used for insults because why should it be an insult it, it shouldn't gotcha got all right, all right. I like it. I like it. I like what I hear. All right. So let's go back to social media reports and studies. Okay. So I'm just gonna give you a few things. I want to hear your thoughts about it. Okay. Yeah. This is one of my favorite ones. What do you think about the fake it till you make it theory? Uh, so for example, we see a lot of people on social media faking the lifestyle. Okay. Or let's yeah. say pretending to, to do to live a lifestyle that they're not living. What are your thoughts on that? I just don't see the point in it. I think Instagram will definitely be the best side of you. So like, let's say if you go to a party, you're not going to snap all the rubbish bits of it. You're going to snap when a good song comes on, you're not going to snap all the, the rubbish songs or or when you're waiting in a massive queue for a bar, you're going to just snap the best parts of it. That's not a problem. Like if you're experiencing things, it's fine to, to put out the best side of it. But let's say you're going to a really fancy restaurant and you're literally ordering tap water, but you're going to snap like you was there and having a whole meal. Then that, I don't think it's right. But it's just, that's what you have to live with yourself. You shouldn't fake who you are because people will know, like people that know you will know. And that's an embarrassing thing to be like, oh, actually, that's not actually my life. That's not who I am. So I don't agree with it. I see, I see instagram and social media it's like a personal journal and if you was writing a journal at home would you would you write things that you didn't do (laughs) okay and the age of misinformation your thoughts and how do you deal with it because also you know you're all you are kind of in the news world in a sense you know so what do you think about the age of it of misinformation um i think especially with this year we've seen a lot of quotes and statistics be put online especially with the black lives matter movement like there's so many different bits of information going around and before i post repost something and share it i'd always fact check check it online like as i said my industry's radio we can't be saying fake stuff on air so we always fact check things and it's just easy to just go on google and just double check whether something's true um and if you are sharing sharing fake news, then I just suggest that you stop <laughs> because it's just not right, is it? To be honest. Got you. What are your thoughts on cancel culture? Right, I I agree with cancel culture, um, and in the sense, but there's also levels to it. Like we can't just cancel absolutely everybody. But I think if there's evidence of someone doing something that I really disagree with in my morals, then I'm not going to follow you. I'm not going to be playing your music. I'm not going to be promoting you as a person. And that's whether you're an artist, whether you're an Instagrammer, whether you're an actor, whatever it is you're doing, if I don't agree with you and your morals and your actions, then why should I carry on? But then let's say if someone done something like 10 years ago, and then they've sincerely apologized and they've sincerely explained that that was their views then. They've now educated themselves. They've gone through it all. They've now changed. Then, okay, then I don't believe that you should still be canceled. Do you know what I mean? So let's say, like, 
I can't think of an example, but I definitely understand that some people, because like, I won't jump on the bandwagon either. Like, if I don't think someone's done something wrong, then I'm not going to cancel them. But if in my heart, I don't agree with them as a person, then why am I supporting you? It Got makes you. no sense. Got you. Uh, the last one in this uh, segment, there is this thing, there's a report that was done, I believe, from a uh, website called algorithmwatch.org. And it's called Undress or Fail. And it says that Instagram's algorithm strong arms users into showing skin. So meaning that but the basis of this report was that people who show skin, Instagram will promote you more. So meaning if you have a bikini on, you know, I take my shirt off, take a picture, you know, showing the abs, the beautiful muscle, or showing the bum and the boobs, you get promoted more. What are your thoughts on that? Well, that makes sense because from what I know, the algorithm works that the more people like your thing, the more it will promote you to more people. So you will come up on their main feed, you'll come up on their explore page or whatever. So let's say if you do post something a little bit more sexy, then more people may like that, which will naturally boost it up within the algorithm. And it also just depends on your followers as well. Like if they, if people follow you for, for like, just how you look, then that would definitely be boosting the algorithm because that's what they like. But let's say you're a person, you're a DJ, and you put something on there that's about music, and that's what the content that your followers want, then that will also boost. So it just depends what, what following you have, to be honest. Got you, got you. Now, uh, earlier in the interview, you said something about in this coronavirus pandemics, we're able to see those who really create the content and know what they're doing. So let's go and talk about that side, okay? Because that's a very important side. And so I believe you said that, hey, we're able to see who is out here making good content and who is not. So let's talk about it. Get, let's go more in depth, Ms. Kaylee. So I think during the pandemic, it was easy for everyone to just say, I'm not going to, I'm not going to post any content. I'm not out at fancy restaurants. I'm not doing this. So I'm not going to post any pictures or I'm not able to do face to face interviews in my case. So I'm not going to do any interviews and put any content out. I'm just going to take a break from social media. And it was so anyone could have done it. No one would have been judged. Anyone could have took that break. But it's also, it kind of shows how creatives have had to find other ways to do things so for instance like djs that were doing online dj sets like week in week out like i know people throughout the whole lockdown in the uk was doing a set every single week and to me they're brilliant content creators because if they have fans that will come out and see them at events and what you're just gonna leave your fans with nothing for nearly like a year because of clubs aren't going to be open anytime soon so and it's then people that really shine i've seen so many other presenters as well do interviews online like i've been doing them but i've seen other presenters also put out content and do loads of things and i'm just like do you know what yes that's what we need to do we need to keep the content going the same way music artists some of them have shot music videos at home on their iphone to make and then do like a freestyle about quarantine and coronavirus and they still put out content rather than going i'm just gonna go silent and release no music because i can't film a music video throughout the lockdown they said no i'm gonna film stuff from home on my iphone and these are the content creators that i respect so much because they're gonna keep going no matter what got you got you now let's talk about you and content okay since of, of the lockdown you said hey but let's talk about yeah so you said 
you know, you know, you had to do online interviews, you had to do different things. So what type of content, because I, I don't know, the UK, we look at the UK in the pandemic situation, y'all have been a bit wild, no offense, you know what I'm saying? So we don't really know what's going on with you guys. But since the lockdown to now, you know what I'm saying, how has you started creating content and from how, how has your content evolved? So um as i said like interviews so i've always been doing guest interviews because i thought it'd be on the radio um like live in the studio or a bit like at a press day a junket day and so now it's been the case of doing interviews like this over zoom continuing doing a podcast but doing it over zoom and creating content and talking about the pandemic as well like while we're on these conversations and doing it just talking about what's going on um with people and real lives also like snapping things on my story as well like constantly putting things out on my story and it's mad because it's only now that i've kind of considered that it's actually content because i just do it anyway because i want to just journalize and talk about what's going on in my life but that is so relevant to other people so like here in the uk everyone was buying like sprinkle cake like everyone become obsessed with buying sprinkle cake so i was like oh my god when I'm get going to buy cakes, I really want cake. I'm going to show people that I'm doing that as well because it's kind of showing that we're all in this together. We're all doing the same thing. Like asking people, oh, what's my what recommendations have you got for movies over the lockdown? So I'm going to try do some binge binge watching and just having these conversations and it lets people know that they're not in it together. So what's scary is that you might think, oh my god, I'm dealing with this whole thing on my own when that's not actually the case. Like I'm talking to people throughout the world and we're all saying the same thing. We're all going through it together as a whole world. So to know that it's all of us going through this, it's more warming and to know that we're not, you're not being set back because we're all at the same part in the race. We're all trying to run this race together from the same starting point because we all are going through coronavirus together. So I think that's a very important thing for putting content throughout just be honest with your life and, and what you're going through. And even like I had days like that, I'm just like, oh my God, I'm, I'm having a very bad day right now. Like I don't feel great. Like this, this pandemic is stressing me out. I'm over it. And just being honest with them, just being honest with my followers. Got you. I love it. I love it. I love it all. Okay. Um, let's go in. Now let's go to this next segment, mastering your niche and networking. Okay. So you did say that, um, you felt that getting a degree in radio helped you, okay? Tell us about that and give some examples, please. Yeah, so, okay, so I'll give three major reasons why going to university helped me. Um, number one is location. Obviously here, I'm not sure about other countries, but here you get a grant, to, well, like a student loan to go to university. So to have someone say, here's a pot of money, yeah, you will have to pay it back, but here's a pot of money that you can go to whatever city you need to go to and go and study. That was massive for me because there's a lot of opportunities in London that I actually done and now I've got a career in radio. So that was really important. Um, two is that if you're generally passionate about um, a sector, then go and study it. Because let's say if I said, you know what, I love radio, but it's a bit of a risk to study it. So I'm just gonna study law, for instance. Then a lot of my time would have been devoted to studying law rather than doing radio. And that's what I wanted to do. So I would say to just stick to your books. It's the same way that like if you wanted to be a music artist, no, you don't need a degree. But if you're going to go to university anyway, then why not study music and use all the free equipment that's there and really devote all of your time 
into music like it makes sense and then number three i would say that oh what was the third one? Oh, student radio so in particular for me like student radio played a big part into how i got into radio one so being able to study and make content at a student level look where it got me so gotcha i love it i love it i love it okay now you talked about networking okay and for me People say that it's about money, but for me, I say it's the network. Is and that famous quote, I don't know who said it, but your network is your net worth. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about how you network. Okay. Let's go into that. How do you network? And what's your standard of networking for you, for Kaylee? So um there's multiple different ways. Like sometimes you can reach out and email people like if there's something in like specific that you want from someone now say get their email online and just reach out to them just say hey i'm working on this would love to know whether you want to get involved or that kind of thing but i'd say only email if you do actually have something that you want to ask there's no point emailing just to be like oh hi i want to be on your radar um and then if not if you don't currently know what you want from someone yet or how you could benefit them. So it's a two-way street as well. Like if you're gonna network with someone, you can't just take from someone. You need to be able to give them something as well because otherwise, one, you're just being selfish. And two, what's the point of what are they benefiting from? Like, so maybe then just follow people. So I follow a lot of people in the radio industry. Just follow them, like their things, like comment on their stuff, like message them like in response to their stories and just kind of build up a little bit of an online rapport with them. Um, and there's actually nothing wrong with having an online rapport and never ever meeting someone. I've got loads of people that are like Instagram friends and I don't know them, like I don't actually know them, but they'll reach out to me and, and reply to things all the time. And I've had so many conversations with them about whatever I'm posting on my story. So I think that's a brilliant way to network as well and to be on people's radar. Um, it's all about just creating a bond with someone, I would say. Got you. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right, let's go into the tools and devices segments, okay? And let's talk about the tools that you use in your radio world, okay? So give us the give us like you know, like I'm I'm the student, you're the teacher, okay? So let's talk about your tools, the ones you love, the ones you don't, the you know, the ones that you can make shift, you know, your laptop, what brand? Give us all that information. Break it down for us. So for me, my Apple MacBook Pro, Pro, sorry, is the answer to everything that I do. Like I carry my MacBook around everywhere with me. If I'm going to a friend's house, I take my MacBook. If I'm going on holiday, I take my MacBook because you don't know what's going to come in. Like what about last minute? Like I had the dream interview. Let's say Beyonce's manager strolled into my email on my holiday. I need my laptop there because I'm going to do the interview, yes or no, whether I'm behind that, I don't care. So I walk everywhere, I have to have it, I have to, like, it's so important. And then what do you have as like a small version of a MacBook, your mobile phone? You can do absolutely everything. You can do a whole radio show off your mobile phone if you have to. You can do a whole YouTube video off your mobile phone if you have to. Um, so them two, they are literally everything. You can respond to emails on both of them. I'll literally be like on the train, like on my phone, sending emails, talking to people that I need to talk to. Um, 
So them two are absolutely everything. And then you have the add-on things. Like, it's great to have them. They're the essentials. But then you have add-on things, so such as, like, an actual camera. So I have a um, 700D Canon camera. I have two of them. So when I'm doing a face-to-face interview, I can film them. If I'm doing YouTube, I've got them. But as I said, doing it off your iPhone is completely fine. They're just a little bit of extra tech for if I want something a bit more bougie. Something that I really want to put out to people is that I don't want you to think you have to have the whole setup to put content out there because you really don't. You really don't because if, if we think like that, then we're only going to get content from people that have money and that that's not how I want things to be. Do you know what I mean? I didn't always have all my equipment. I had to build it up. Um, and then obviously I have my microphone, which is just like a USB one that I plug into my MacBook and that's to record radio shows. Again, I can do it off my phone. It's just an added bonus that I have it. Um, and then what else do I have? My DJ controller, um, which is a Pioneer one. That's brilliant. That's the one thing that I do. That's another essential. I do actually need that. <laughs> um, so that's what I used to do on my DJing. Got you, got you, got you. Uh, I loved every bit of it, okay? And I think, you know, we're not finished just yet. We forgot to talk about the DJ space, okay? Come on. See, I, I think, I mean, is it mine or is it, is it mine? I think it's yours. It's not mine. No, I, th- I think it's it? yours. Wait, oh, actually, or is it, wait, wait, let me check actually. It might be this email. Yeah, I, oh, I, think, wait, I, I think that's the money coming in. You know? I think that was a money notification. <laughs> Commercial break. What's up, influencers on the run? I'd like to take this time to let you know to please, you know, leave us a review on this podcast. Give us a good rating wherever you're watching this or listening to this right now. And of course, support us, you know, to get the early and full videos to watch them. Support us on patreon.com slash I-O-T-R Influencers on the run Alright? I love you And hey, live a great life Let's get back to the show <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about you being a DJ Yeah Okay, let's talk about from the beginnings to now Let's Give us that journey You know what I'm saying? So, I didn't start DJing straight away um, That was secondary to radio But I love, I love DJing just as much now Um it was something that for ages I wanted to do, but I didn't really have the confidence. And with stuff like that, you don't know where to start. Like, you don't know where to learn. So i done a lot of, like, working, like, in retail to save up for my DJ equipment. And I, once I had it, I literally had it for over a year before I even started because I just didn't know how to start. I've watched YouTube videos, and I found that a lot of them was more of an expert level. So it's kind of... They weren't good at explaining literally from the start. How do I even plug the equipment into my laptop? Like I needed the basics from the beginning. Um, so I kind of really struggled with that. So if someone is looking to get into DJing, I would definitely say to see what programs are about or see, you know, anyone that can DJ because if they will help you more than what, what teaching yourself online will. You just need the initial lesson. Um, and then I had a friend that eventually, like, she was free to teach me some stuff. So she taught me the basics and that's all I needed to so I could actually just practice. And my actual first ever set, I went to a pub and was just there and I went up to the DJs, I had a drink and I went up to the DJs and was just like, 
I want to DJ. That's what I want to do. And they said, okay, go home, get your stuff and come back and DJ now. And I was like, oh my God, like, I've never DJed out before. Should I do it? Should I not? But the pub was on my road, so I literally had no excuse. Like, I didn't have to pay for a taxi. All I had to do was just walk and get my things. So I'd done it. I'm so, so glad that I did because I don't know how long I would have been procrastinating, waiting around for that moment. And what I've learned is don't wait for that moment. Create that moment yourself because I wish that I'd done it sooner. Talk that talk. Now, you have a podcast as well, okay? And I have always wanted to do a podcast and you're here, you're on my podcast now, which I thank you very, very much for. You have given me more, uh, you know, authority. Having you on here has given us a stamp of authority, but let's talk about being in the podcast world. Okay. And as a podcaster, let's talk about that and what brought you to the podcast world. So I love podcasting for the fact that it's yours. You can do whatever you want. Like on a radio show, you're there to kind of talk about day-to-day life and the music that you're playing. Whereas podcasting, like I, I do two podcasts and they're both so niche. So like the first one's called On Your Gaydar and it's talking about the LGBTQ plus community, but from the perspective of ethnic minorities. So we're just talking about our lives and things like what's it like coming out um, and just loads of different things like how the community is represented on blogs, what's it like working on a gay scene, like all these kind of conversations because of what I found is that in the media, a lot of the gay community, it's seen as just white people and everything's represented of like gay culture from the perspective of white people only. And there's a whole world of black gay people, black trans people, black bisexual people that just aren't represented. So this is the thing with podcasting. In a mainstream world where you have to actually make money from creating audio, they would never they would never do that because we're such a niche of people. Like, do you know what I mean? In the UK, I think it's something silly like only 3% of people are black. And can you imagine what the percentage of that is part of the LGBTQ plus community? It would be a tiny amount of people. So main, you're not going to make loads of money mainstream off it. But with podcasting as i said it's so niche that you just create the content that you want to create do you know what i mean so um so i really enjoy that podcast and the second one is the radio silence podcast and as i said earlier in this episode it's about talking to black creatives within and black heritage because obviously i'm half black i'm black heritage not i'm not full black but it's talking um, about creatives within the industry, about their experiences and representation and how it affects them. And again, it's such a niche thing. You need to be into the radio industry probably, or at least the media industry, to want to listen to that podcast. But you can you can create anything. Like this one's niche, it's about influencers. You know what I mean? Like it's just so, so many niche little things. And that's why it's so brilliant. There is a podcast that absolutely everything and that's what i love and it's not in control by anyone either anyone can do a podcast it's the same as youtube anyone can have a youtube channel and that's why the content is so special because it's literally authentic it's whatever people want to do love it love it and those of you listening right now whether you see us on the video or listen to audio please take a few minutes and go to where you hear our podcast, leave a review, leave a rating, you know what I'm saying? Let us know that you hear us, okay, for the world and for us so we can continue to make this. So leave a review on Radio Silence, on your gaydar, and of course, say you love Influencers on the Run because we love you too. 
Um, but so back to you though, um, before we head out of here, you know, I want you to, you know, what are some tools, whether it may be books, whether it be motivation or things that, you know, that help you in your everyday journey of where you're trying to be, that you want to share with people that they should read, they should watch, you know, give us something that can, you know, that inspired you, that may also inspire the listener or the watcher, you know. Do you know what? Honestly, I think just love, to be honest, self-love and love for what you do. That's, that's what, that's what motivates you. Do you know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't do this unless I generally love it because it's very, very tiring. Like working in the media, it's not a job where you go, you do your nine to five and you come home and you're finished. We are never finished. You wake up, you start. When you roll into bed, you're finished. It's, it's literally 24-7. I can literally go for like a wee in the middle of my sleep and still check my emails like before I get back into sleep. Like that, that's how it's, it's hectic. But because I love it so much, it's worth it. So find something that you really, really love. It could be radio, it could be food, it could be gardening, it could be anything. Find something that you love so much that you want to dedicate this amount of time to it and turn it into a career. You have to think there is a career for absolutely everything. If you're into trainers, there's people that buy and resell trainers, there's people that design trainers, there's people that go out to fashion shows and, and buy the trainers for the shops to stock on the high street. Every single thing, there is a job for it. So find out what you love and then turn it into a job. Got you. Love it. Love it. Um, before we go, we always like to ask people this one question. You know what I'm saying? So we know where you are now as a radio person, okay, with your, stri- your general stripes on you. We see you. What is the next level for you? And how do you think of it to that next level? So... I definitely want to look into doing some TV. Um, I think before I thought that I had to be behind and no one could see me, but now I'm like, no, I want to be there for everyone to see. I want to talk talk to everyone and represent everyone that I can. Um, so I definitely want to look into doing more TV work and just doing more radio work. Like I do a lot of community station work. So like I want to be on, on massive brands five times a week. Like, that's what I want to do. So I can just be there spreading love and just making everyone just feel happy, to be honest. I love it. I love it. You know what I'm saying? And really, uh, I want to thank you for, you know, coming on Influencers on the Run. It means a lot to me. You know, I'm sure you as a podcast person, you know, get, keeping those podcasts coming, you know, and getting those things does, you know, you know about it. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, you know, people think that media is like a nine to five. We just go home. No. You know what I'm saying? We we go home, we try to get in bed, but then somebody calls, some emails, yeah. and so you know the situation. Um, is there anything else you'd like to tell us before we get out of here and we continue to live a great life? I'm all good, man. I just want people just to know to just don't worry and just you'll be fine. <laughs> That's what I say to everything. You'll be fine. You'll be okay. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, listeners, thank you guys again. But before you guys go, do not forget to check out Miss Kaylee Golden, K-A-Y-L-E-E-G-O-L-D-I-N-G on Instagram and all those social medias. Okay, she has a lot of content on there. Check out her podcast, you know, go show her some love. All right. And thank you guys very much. You know, it's again, it's on the run. And I shall see you guys next time.